Hello and welcome back to Pop Talk. Today we are going to be talking about the COVID vaccines that are currently available in the United States. We're going to talk about what they are, what when you take them, what kind of side effects you might expect, and uh, we'll try and break down some of the myths that are out there and see what is true and what is not. Joining me, as usual, are my co-hosts, Kanye Roy and Prachi Thopper, and our new guest host, Dr. Sam Selby. Hi, guys. My name is Prachi. I'm a fourth-year medical student. Hope you know my voice by now. <laughs> uh, just so happy to be here and talk about the vaccine. Hi everyone, my name is Sukanya Roy. I'm also a fourth year medical student and welcome back to our podcast. We're looking forward to hearing from you about your experiences. And hello, I'm Dr. Sam Selby. I'm a practicing pediatric emergency medicine physician at Cook Children's in Fort Worth, Texas. And just uh, for your information, I am a pediatric epidemiologist with 10 years of experience uh, dealing with infectious diseases and clinical outcomes. So before we dive right in, we just want to let you all know that we, each of us have received the COVID vaccines to completion. Uh, I myself have received the Moderna vaccine. Uh, Sukanya and Prachi have also received the Moderna vaccine, and Dr. Sam Selby has received the Pfizer vaccine. So what we're going to do right now is go through each of these vaccines to just give you an idea of what they are and uh, what, they, what you might expect from them. So uh, Sam, since you have received the Pfizer vaccine, would you please tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the Pfizer vaccine was offered through my hospital. And the reason that I was able to get it there is because uh, we had the capabilities of preserving the vaccine at the very low temperatures uh, required to keep this vaccine. Uh, now it is an mRNA vaccine and it requires two doses. So I got my first uh, vaccine dose at the end of December in 2020. Uh, it was just given like a typical flu shot in my deltoid or also known as my upper arm. And then I had to wait for at least three weeks. So uh, 21 days is that that's whenever I got my second uh, shot or vaccine. And my symptoms were extremely mild. Um, after the first vaccine, I just felt a little bit of soreness and um, really no other, what we call systemic uh, signs of fever. Um, I, on my second vaccine is whenever I had a little bit more symptoms of just kind of feeling a little bit more tired and fatigued. Um, but that was very mild compared to kind of what, what I was expecting. Some of my colleagues, um, because the entire hospital system was offered the vaccine, uh, some of my colleagues had a few more symptoms of kind of GI upset. Um, also, it was not uncommon for people to report that they had a fever. Um, but other than that, you know, people really got along pretty well with the vaccine. Now, the Pfizer um, vaccine is a mRNA vaccine. Um, in the mRNA, mRNA is really just a uh, cell um, coding sequence that goes into the cell and tells that cell to make the COVID spike proteins. And those spike proteins are what your immune system uh, gets revved up to recognize so that whenever you actually do see the real COVID uh, that looks like those spike proteins, your body can recognize it and attack it quickly. 
Thank you. Uh, Sukhani and Prachi, would you mind telling us a little bit about the uh, Moderna vaccine? Sure. Uh, so to start off, the Moderna vaccine, uh, similar to the Pfizer vaccine, is also an mRNA vaccine. And so like Dr. Shelby said, uh, that's basically the instructions to making material in our bodies, such as proteins. Um, and so basically the Moderna vaccine is administered in the upper arm uh, and you also get two doses for this vaccine. And you will get this approximately 20 day, 28 days apart. So around a month. Um, and I'll let Sukhania kind of explain uh, what to expect as far as side effects go and who is able to get it and unable to get it. Alrighty, so some of the side effects that a lot of people, or I guess the average population usually experience are when you get the shot in your arm, they usually experience some pain, redness and swelling. And um, throughout the rest of the body, they can experience some tiredness, headaches, muscle pains, chills, fevers, and some nausea. I personally had pretty mild experiences after I got my uh, Moderna vaccine. So when I back, got it back in January, I just felt some arm soreness for my first shot and that only lasted one night. And then when I got my second shot, it was a little more severe um, in terms of uh, comparing it to the first dose, but it really wasn't that bad. I just had some fatigue and a little more arm soreness than before. So that's what caused me not be like, I wasn't able to sleep um, for one or two nights because of the arm soreness, but I didn't really get any fevers, um, if anything, just some fatigue. So for me personally, I guess I got lucky and it wasn't too bad for me. Um, but when I'm talking about the contraindications, reasons to not get this vaccine are basically if you are allergic to any of the ingredients inside of the Moderna vaccine, you should definitely not take that. Or if you were allergic and you got an anaphylactic reaction, meaning like a whole systemic body allergic reaction to the first dose, um, they said that you should not uh, take the second dose of the vaccine. Um, and so just to recap, the timing between the first and second dose is 28 days. So it is a little different from the Pfizer vaccine. And similar to Suki, I, when I got the first dose, I mainly had the arm soreness for a day. Um, unlike Suki for the second dose, I was pretty much out for a day. Uh, after I got that shot. And it took around, I would say a good eight to 12 hours before I started getting any type of response after the second dose. I started getting some chills in the middle of the night um, and just generalized fatigue and tiredness. I was kind of stuck in bed all day um, and some mild fevers here and there. So that was kind of what I felt. And um, had some friends who felt similarly, but also had some friends who were completely fine after the second dose. Thank you. Yeah, it has been quite wild um, to see the spectrum of how kind of bad people feel. Like I said, for my own personal experience, mm -hmm. I work nights typically. And so after I got that second vaccine, it was after I'd worked a stretch of nights. And so typically I feel kind of not very good after I work nights. And so that's just kind of the way that I felt. 
Um, and many other people I talked to really didn't feel too bad at all. But then there are many others who said, yeah, I felt like I had a bad stomach ache or I kind of had felt like I had, um, you know, chills and a low grade fever. So there is a bit of a spectrum that people are experiencing as far as how um, bad they feel after the first and second vaccines. But overall, nobody's told me they've had a horrible experience. Well, so when I got the uh, Moderna vaccine, my first dose was relatively fine. I had just a feeling of tiredness and uh, arm pain, for sure. Um, it just felt a little sore for a couple of days, but um, the the feeling of tiredness went away in about a day. Uh, the second dose for me was gave me a stronger reaction than before. Um, I had a high-grade fever. And um, I did have some body aches and chills and uh, didn't really want to get out of bed for about two days. So, but incredibly, the third day, I was perfectly fine. It felt like nothing had ever happened. Uh, For some of you who have experienced uh, influenza or just a flu, uh, you know, that feeling of slowly improving happens after you've, you know, crested the peak of the, the sickness. But interestingly enough, that is not present here with these vaccines. You tend to just almost instantly feel better in a few days. Um, and it's almost like you've never had it. But um, Dr. Selby's right. There's a lot of variability in the responses. Um, my family and loved ones who have gotten the vaccines, I'm, I'm happy that they didn't receive anything more than just a light feeling of tiredness for the evening. And they were perfectly fine the next day. So um, it depends on the individuals. So yeah, I felt the same. I was yeah. completely fine after being in bed all day. <laughs> and then the next morning I was like, oh, completely okay. I can go to work, do yeah. whatever I need to do. So yeah, you, you're I have almost had, back. it's funny. I have had some friends who are a little bit disappointed. I think like you were mentioning Shane, that they didn't have more of a reaction because they were <laughs> like, is this really working? Is this really yeah. getting my immune system revved up like it should be? But yeah, it could be completely mild where you barely notice it to being in bed for a couple of days. One of my colleagues even was, she was worried about her brother and um, that he wasn't really ex- exhibiting any symptoms or side effects. So she was, was wanting to get antibody testing done. She's like, did it work? Did But yeah, he ex- exhibited the symptoms the next day. Um, but yeah, I think people are expecting something and it's, if you don't feel anything, if you just feel a little bit of pain on the side of your arm, that's fine. It's, it still means it's working. Um, it, you don't need to have a terrible reaction to feel like you actually have the shot. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And people should realize that, you know, there's nobody who's getting a, quote, placebo, like a, a dose that's not, that's just water or something like that. All of the, everyone should be getting actual vaccine whenever they get uh, their shot. Um, So there's no more testing going on uh, in the population. However, there is a lot of monitoring going on after you get your vaccine. So everyone who gets the vaccine is actually asked to sign up on the government's, I think it's uh, V-Safe site. And that's the way they can monitor symptoms and report any side effects that they have. So what Dr. Selby's talking about is a app, 
uh, it's a, you click on this link that they give you at the site of um, when you get your shot and you sign up and it's uh, it's governed by the CDC. It just sends you a text alert saying, hey, we want to check in on your uh, how you're feeling. And then you just say, it'll ask you questions like, how are you feeling today? Are you good? Are you uh, feeling bad? And if you say bad, then it says, what, what are you feeling? Is it pain? Is it redness? Is it et cetera, et cetera. And you just fill out that information. Um, as an epidemiologist, I felt compelled to do it. It is a voluntary thing, but it is useful for um, everyone to figure out what the side effects are for these vaccines. The good thing is since the vaccine has been deployed, we've, now just over 10 million people vaccinated. Um, we should have started seeing some severe side effects if there were any, uh, even after the trial. So that's a good thing. Um, but before we go further into the myths, I want you to hear, uh, to learn a little bit about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So this is a more new vaccine that's just come out. Um, it was approved about a month ago now and has been uh, deployed throughout the country. It is a single dose compared to Pfizer and Moderna, which are two doses. Um, it's the same location. It's given in the upper arm. The technology is a little bit different. It's not an mRNA vaccine. It's what's called a viral vector. A viral vector vaccine is something um, that's actually fairly common in, in the vaccine development world. It's an older technology. It's been used many times before, so it's not really uh, something new. It does not contain any eggs or preservatives uh, or latex. So if you're allergic to those things, you can still get it, uh, just like with Moderna and Pfizer. Johnson Johnson's vaccine is easier to store and use. So you will probably see it more in rural areas or in locations where they don't have the freezers that are needed to store Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. It just depends on um, where you get the, the shot. So all three of these are considered pretty effective at um, reducing infection rates. Uh, Pfizer, I believe, is at 95%. Moderna is at 94%. And Johnson & Johnson, as of right now, is at 66%. But they're now observing uh, future um, efficacy as it's been given out to everybody. So all of them are pretty good at preventing asymptomatic or... Um, you know, like an infection that you get that you don't really see any, you don't feel like you're sick. That's what an asymptomatic means. Like, uh, oh, you got a, the, the, COVID, the, the COVID virus, but you might be a carrier, but you don't really feel anything. Um, so that's, that's a very good thing. Plus, it also, these vaccines also reduce the, the rate of death and, um, and morbidity issues. Yeah, and Shane, I think that that's the important point to raise with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. People see 65% and they're like, well, that's a failing grade that this vaccine yeah. got. Uh, but that's just in the effectiveness of preventing getting COVID, period. What we really care about is our loved ones and people dying from COVID. So we're calling that severe COVID, obviously. People are having to end up in the ICU, in the hospital, on oxygen and things like that. And for Preventing severe COVID, Johnson Johnson is extremely uh, good and effective, uh, and the numbers are getting much higher, uh, closer to the Pfizer and Moderna rates. But yeah, you're right; it is a different vaccine using the adenovirus, kind of a um, a virus that they that does not infect you, does not cause any problems, but it again sends that um, protein. It makes your body make those spike proteins. 
Um, and the best thing that you mentioned about this is that it can be stored very easily. So just like your pediatrician's office, you take your kid in for their well visit and their vaccines. It can be stored in a refrigerator like that, not one of these super cold negative 70 degree fridges. Um, and then once you open up that Johnson Johnson vial, your first vaccine, uh, you have a lot longer, the exact number of hours you have, it's 12 plus hours, I believe. Uh, but whereas the Moderna and the Pfizer, you've got to use those vaccine doses really quickly. Uh, the, you just, the Johnson is very uh, safe. It's very effective preventing that COVID, uh, severe COVID. And then it's easier to handle. Like, Yeah. Um, so general, the vaccines are safe. We've seen that, um, that they have a pretty good safe, uh, safety record. And uh, they're available at different places. Now, since we are recording in Fort Worth, um, we can talk a little bit about Tarrant County and maybe touch on some of the other uh, areas where you can get the vaccine. So if you live in Tarrant County in DFW, you can sign up through the Tarrant County Public Health Department, uh, which has several vaccination sites. And um, it's categorized according to level of risk. So if you are older and have a lot of comorbidities, uh, you're categorized as 1B, um, but now they're slowly expanding. And per presidential uh, order, we're looking at everyone being eligible for the vaccines in May. Uh, which is good news for everybody. That's hopefully that will start leading to a more normalization of life once again. Uh, but before we dive into the, the some of the questions that we see in, in the world about the vaccine, I want to talk about the variants that we are seeing. So some people are saying, why am I even bothering getting this vaccine if there are these different types of uh, variants coming out? You know, that's a Great questions. Um, we know that there are several different types in the world and they're all, um, some of them might be a little uh, stronger compared to the original strain. Uh, but the good thing is a lot of these vaccine companies are already developing uh, boosters in order to counteract the effect of these strains. Um, the important thing is if we can manage to get everyone or a large majority of the country vaccinated against COVID, against the original strain, we could potentially make that uh, coronavirus go extinct. That way we don't have to worry about unusual variants popping up again. But that does require a concerted effort from everyone to just, just get the vaccine and protect each other and yourself. So what we're gonna do now is going into some of the myths that were uh, presented in um, in our society, what we might see online, what, you know, people are worried, people are stressed out about these vaccines and they're stressed out about, about the virus. So it's important to address these things. So I'm going to ask a few of these myths. I'm going to state them out and uh, we're going to dive into each one. Okay. First major question that we get, can a COVID vaccine make me sick with COVID-19? Dr. Selby, what do you Yeah, think? I'll tackle this first one. 
So no, the, the basic answer is no, you cannot get sick with the uh, COVID uh, vaccine. It doesn't actually inject any part of the virus into you. What the COVID vaccine does is sends that small uh, piece of information to your cells and tells your cell to make a spike protein. And that protein is what you're trying to allow your body to recognize so that whenever the real virus comes around into your body, it can recognize it even quicker and take it out before you have a chance to get infected. So basic answer, no, you cannot get sick from these vaccines with COVID-19. You can feel a little bit bad as your immune system is revving up, but you're not getting sick with the virus. Thank you. That's a great answer. Now, here's another one. After getting a COVID vaccine, will I test positive for COVID on a viral test? Prachi? Okay, so this is also a no. Um, a viral test is basically seeing if you have a current infection, an active infection. Uh, and if you got the vaccine, what your body did was it created these proteins called antibodies, uh, which are basically supposed to fight off any future infections if they occur again. And so you might get a positive antibody test, uh, which indicates that you could have had a previous infection, or you could have had a vaccine that gave you some protection against the virus. So that's what you should expect to see there. Wonderful. Thank you. Now, here's the third one. If I have already gotten COVID and recovered, do I still need to get vaccinated? This is a question I've heard quite a bit. And the answer to this is yes, you should still be vaccinated even if you've already had COVID because we still do not know how long you're protected from those natural antibodies that you form after getting that infection. That's why they are recommending that you take the COVID vaccine whenever you do um, get your hands on it, even with a past infection. However, if you have been um, hospitalized or have received convalescent plasma, um, and for the COVID-19 um, infection in the past, you should wait 90 days before getting your COVID-19 vaccine. Will the COVID vaccine protect me from getting sick with COVID? No, I'll take this one. Yes, it does. It protects you from the COVID virus itself. I like to think of immune systems like a menu at a restaurant. Your immune system has a certain number of dishes that it knows, and it looks at for those dishes whenever it's ordering or trying to protect your body. But uh, so think of the, the vaccine as this really cool server that's now joined the restaurant and say, hey, we have this really interesting dish that's off menu. So it tells your immune system, look at this one instead. You want to add this to your list. It's off menu, but you should be able to get take care of it as well. So think of it as you're just adding to your body's rep uh, repertoire of uh, your menu of uh, immunity. So it's a, it's a good thing. We know that COVID does have long-term, um, some sort of long-term effect. We're just not sure what that looks like at this point. So you might think, well, I mean, I've known people who have gotten COVID and they really haven't, you know, died or anything. They've just recovered. Sure. But we don't know what the virus does for long-term infection. So did it damage you in any way that we can't see yet? And it's important to make sure you just don't get it in the first place. 
All right. Dr. Selby, will you take this question? Will a COVID vaccine alter my DNA? Uh, it unfortunately will not change how bald I am or how <laughs> short someone may be or uh, give you any spidey uh, man powers. So the short answer, no, it does not change your DNA at all. Uh, what it does do is sends a little bit of that material into your cell for the Pfizer and Moderna, that is mRNA. And the mRNA uh, tells your cells to make that spike protein that we mentioned. Johnson Johnson is just a little bit different. It sends DNA, but then is transcribed to mRNA and does the same thing. We're making that spike protein and none of that material gets incorporated into your DNA doesn't change it at all. It's very temporarily in the cell, does its job, and then it's broken down and uh, is out of there. So we don't need to worry about being changed or have any superpowers after getting the vaccine. Is it safe for me to get a COVID vaccine if I want to have a baby one day? That's a question we hear sometimes. Um, yes, uh, you can. Um, it's still safe for you to get it, even if you're trying to become pregnant right now or pregnant in the future. You should try to get the vaccine basically as soon as you can. We want to try to create as much immunity in our population as we can, and that'll help protect all of us. Um, and currently, we haven't seen any side effects or problems with uh, affecting the placenta or the uterus, anything like that, uh, which should cause any problems with pregnancy in the future. So no evidence of any fertility issues with the COVID vaccine. Thank you. Here's another question. I won't need to wear a mask after I get vaccinated for COVID-19. So just because not everybody in the community has gotten a vaccine yet, and it's probably going to take some time for everyone to get one, it is recommended to still continue wearing a mask uh, just to prevent you from getting sick. And you may still be able to carry and transmit the virus to others. So it is recommended to continue masking um, uh, in, especially in public areas so that you can prevent further infection for uh, people that you're surrounded by. I'm going to tackle this question. More people will die as a result of negative side effect of the COVID vaccine than would actually die from the virus. Now, you hear a lot of uh, claims on social media that the mortality rate for COVID-19 is 1% to 2% and people should not get vaccinated but we know that a 1% mortality rate is more than 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. The vaccine side effects are very mild in general, as you've heard us talk about uh, early in this episode. Some of us had mild pain, some of us had flu-like symptoms, and then we were just fine. Um, you cannot get the infection from the vaccine. So it's important to get the vaccine and uh, you won't die from it versus the, the COVID coronavirus itself. Coronavirus is quite dangerous. Uh, this is an interesting one we've heard. The COVID vaccine was developed to control the general population either through microchip tracking or nanotransducers in our brain. Oh, that's a fun one. Um, so no, there is no vaccine microchip. Uh, the vaccine will not track people or gather any of your personal information, put it into a database or anything like that. Uh, don't worry. Um, so I think this myth actually started after some comments made by Bill Gates from the Gates Foundation. And he mentioned something about creating 
digital certificate of vaccine records. So we could keep better track of who is getting vaccines, who isn't, what's the status of our population, things like that, just to have some more data there. Um, but this was not a microchip. This was, uh, as I said, more of like a data analytics thing. Um, and so no worries, you're not being tested upon by the government or being controlled by the government in any way. We all still have our free will here. So don't worry too, worry too much about that. And also I find it interesting that people are really worried about these vaccines tracking them, but your cell phone <laughs> tracks you way more oh, than anything else in, exactly. in, in your life. Uh, so, you know, just be aware of that. Um, all right, uh, let's let's go into this other one that I've heard. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines were developed using fetal tissue. So, Ganya, can you tackle that? Yes. So Pfizer and Moderna both were not developed with fetal cells or anything related to that. So that, that is definitely um, something to keep in mind for those who are concerned about that. Um, however, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has, although it uh, there are a lot of rumors saying that it was um, developed from fetal cells. Uh, it is actually developed from, it's the cell line that they use is many, many generations um, derived from fetal cells from a long time ago. So there are no actual uh, true fetal cells that were used um, directly for that vaccine. So just to clear up any confusion, the, here's another one we hear that if you're allergic to eggs, you shouldn't get the vaccine. So we know that the Moderna and the Pfizer do not contain eggs and I, um, the um, Johnson & Johnson does not as well. So if you are having an allergic reaction to the eggs, you should be fine with those vaccines. Important thing to note is when you are going to go and get your vaccine, you have to note whether or not you're allergic to certain things or if you have... Um, any severe illness or you're feeling bad that day. Um, so what, what that, ha what happens is if you do have an allergic reaction to, you know, shellfish or something like that, just in case you will be observed after the shot for a period of 30 minutes. Um, everyone else who doesn't have any allergic reaction are still observed for about 15 minutes. But um, if they, they have EMTs on site, everything is there just in case. They haven't had to use them yet, but it's important to have backup safety just to watch you make sure you're good uh, before you're sent home. Um, and another one here, COVID vaccines must be stored at low temperatures because of preservatives in the vaccine. So both Pfizer and Moderna, uh, they have been reporting that their vaccines contain no preservatives. Uh, they do get stored at different temperatures and for different periods of time. For example, Pfizer, you have to store it at about negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, whereas Moderna is a little bit more accessible because it only has to be stored at negative four degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so that's where we're talking about storage and the low temperatures, uh, but nothing there's nothing regarding preservatives itself in the vaccine. So we've had some questions from those who might be going through um, cancer treatment or might be a little bit more worried if they're going through other sort of medical treatments. Uh, Sakanya, do you have any insight on that? 
Yeah, so I've actually been working at a cancer center for this month, and um, all of the oncologists are recommending to still take the vaccine, even if you are immunocompromised, because it is an mRNA vaccine. So it shouldn't really affect you in any way, in a negative way. So even if you are getting chemotherapy or radiation done, they are not saying that that's a contraindication to taking your vaccine. So you might be wondering, which one of these vaccines should I take? Well, more often than not, you're not really given much of a choice. You're given the Pfizer, the Moderna, or the Johnson & Johnson, depending on where you're getting your shot. Um, if you are given a choice between Pfizer and Moderna, it doesn't matter. Both work in essentially the same way with just about one week difference in between the first and second doses. Uh, if you're given a choice between Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson, we would currently recommend the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Regardless, it's important to get a vaccine because whatever shot you receive, you will still be protected from the most harmful effects of COVID, including death. And so just to follow up on that, um, how you know where to reach out to get your vaccine we would recommend contacting your local uh, public health department in your county, and they can usually point you in the right direction of where the vaccine is available. Other options include contacting your local pharmacy or your primary care doctor. There have been a lot of mass vaccination sites recently. I know locally we recently had in Denton County here um, over at Texas Motor Speedway, a lot of people getting vaccinated. So Usually your public health department is the way to go. And if you have any other extra questions about the vaccine itself, you can always visit the CDC website. They have a whole page of most frequently answered questions or most frequently asked questions. And you're always welcome to send us a direct message on our social media sites if you have further questions. Um, we all have pretty good experience in, in healthcare and um, in infectious disease and control, particularly myself. Um, what we will be doing is uh, providing our second episode in this series, which will be a, a, a group of anecdotal uh, experiences and stories from people who have gotten the vaccine, not just um, healthcare providers. We're talking to uh, scientists and others in our community who have received the vaccine, what that was like, what they experienced, and um, just so you get an idea of what to expect when you get your shot. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope that we were able to clear up some of the fog surrounding the vaccines. We know that it can be a little bit complicated. It might be a little bit intimidating, might be even a little bit scary, but um, we've, we've all gone through the vaccine. We believe that it is very safe and it's, that's kind of something that's been um, proven with evidence. So we hope that you will make that decision to go out there to your local pharmacy, to your PCP, to the public health departments, and sign up. Um, it is our hope that with everyone vaccinated in the country, we can return to a normal life, that we can once again gather together and have fun and celebrate amazing events in our lives. 
Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that our second episode brings uh, some clarity in the form of people's experiences, lived experience. We appreciate you listening in and we hope you pop by for our next episode. Thank you all.